Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. Well, from time to time, uh, we get together and, uh, and I share a bit of a family chat, uh, maybe a couple of times a year, an opportunity just to feed back some things that are happening in the life of the church and to share uh, some uh, maybe uh, vision and opportunity for us to participate in what God is doing uh, as well. And uh, looking at um, the transition from John and Kay uh, into Noel's uh, leadership, there's also some renovations that are happening uh, over the road at Pathway as well. You might have seen as you drive in on the right-hand side that there's a new driveway out the back and uh, you might have taken your eye with that new concrete and what we're doing is we're going through what we're calling phase one of the renovations over at Pathway. And what that is, is a new concrete out the back and a pergola uh, out the back as well. That's um, near to completion, which is wonderful. That's the first part of that. And I want to say a really big thanks to David Reynolds and Craig Wiggins, who's here with us today, and also uh, Graham Frost uh, and the Tuesday crew, who have put in countless hours to actually help get that done. So can we just put our hands together and thank these guys? Well done. So that's part one uh, of, of the first phase. The second part of that is on the next slide, and that is the canopy that's going out the front, uh, and that will get concreted, and also the internals at Treasured as well. So the retail space at Treasured is getting uh, a little a bit of a refurbishment to hopefully help with the flow and the ease of um, how, uh, how the retail uh, occurs over there. Then out the front is a canopy, a big, uh, big pergola out the front that is also um, helping in how we serve people because since COVID, we've been serving out the front and also to help develop and foster uh, some community. So that's the first phase. So at the moment, uh, that second, uh, this first phase here, the second part of it, the canopy and treasure, that's in at the Titra Gully Council uh, getting looked at and also just getting finalised with the engineers and then we'll go out to uh, contractors and hopefully that work will happen uh, in the first uh, half of next year is the plans. So just wanting to give you some updates on that, but that looks really good, doesn't it? And uh, it's been a long time coming, and uh, we thank you all for your patience, particularly uh, the Pathway uh, crew who are here, uh, but it's going to be wonderful. And then part uh, phase two of that is looking at the, the food distribution flow and then building a little community hub that goes into the middle, and Noel will have a lot of uh, ownership on that second uh, phase as we go uh, into um, her season of leadership, which is great. So a little update there. As I mentioned, family chat from time to time, we give little updates, and I wanted to update us on Pathway. Also, I want to give you a little update on uh, the auditorium and, and a little update on the God-sized dream. And so for some of um, those that were with us at the members meeting on Monday, just want to share a little bit more uh, into that so we have an understanding as a whole church where we, uh, where we are uh, with that. So with the auditorium, the auditorium project, I really want to thank everyone for your prayers. Uh, after um, half the house, we went through a season of prayer and 
discernment and we ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying to us in terms of refreshing this space and what do we need to listen to and attend to? And I really want to thank you for your prayers. And God spoke to us as a church community and in, and in some ways um, it was wonderful that as a Baptist church we come before God and we ask him what's he saying and we listen from the church leadership all the way through our, down to the congregation and we look for themes of what God was saying and the themes that God was saying to us was around prioritising the project, uh, prioritising the project, uh, making sure we know what's most important and doing those things first. Uh, secondly, being really thankful for the provision of funds, uh, that we have um, over half a million dollars to be able to work towards refreshing this space. And that's a huge blessing and something really good is going to come from that. So a posture of uh, thankfulness is really uh, important uh, from that perspective. And part of prioritising the loan, it was really clear from leadership all the way down to the congregation that now's not the time to take out a loan. Uh, in terms of the current economic climate, it's a really wise move not to do that. And we walk in this kind of mixture between faith and wisdom. And at this point in time, God spoke to us really clearly about it's not the time to take out a loan, but actually live within our means. So that was really great to hear that from God and then been able to uh, work uh, to that end. So uh, what's happened uh, from that is uh, we... I had a meeting as a project team and then a meeting with the builders and we're looking at how do we prioritise the project? How do we de-scope the project to live within our means? And again, I really want to make a really special mention to Lee Huckmeister who's been uh, doing a lot of work into this project and he's uh, been incredible. Uh, when I say countless hours, I really mean the volunteer hours that he's put into this and continuing to iterate and be willing to come on that journey with us. So again, you know, I want to say a big thanks to him if you know him personally, then, then give him a word of encouragement uh, because he's been putting uh, a lot of time into this. And in terms of prioritising the project, there's three main priorities that have come out uh, in this conversation. The first one is replacing the air conditioner. Uh, the second is around the ceiling and the acoustics. And the third is the tech and the AV needing to be uh, refreshed. Now, it's really important, though, that whatever we do in this project, that we actually uh, we, we do the most important things that can then be built upon into uh, the future. So if there's things that need to happen into the future, we can build upon them, and they can be built upon as we go. So we had a meeting, meeting with the builders, and we said, OK, here's the three priorities. How do they sort of come together, and how do they work? If we're going to replace the air conditioner, do we need to pull the ceiling out? Are these things sort of, do they work together? And we had this sort of conversation. So the builders now are going away, and they're doing some work. Our architect's going away and doing some work. Um, but the three main priorities uh, for this project are uh, the air conditioner, uh, looking at the ceiling and acoustics, and then the tech and the AV. So what I haven't said is uh, what, what aren't the priorities in some ways. So I haven't mentioned anything about the carpet or anything about the chairs or the stage will be uh, remaining where it is uh, with our budget that we have. So just some things like that. But into the future, we will come back uh, to, you know, because there'll be some things that we'll need to get finished off. I said to the members on Monday night, you know, it might be next year or the year after, we ask you to buy your chair and one for your friend who doesn't know Jesus yet. You know, something along those sort of lines. And that's going to be part of uh, how we go into the future. But again, uh, we're really, really happy with uh, where we've uh, landed in that conversation. And I want to thank you that we have gone on that journey together. Uh, it's really important that we, uh, that we journey that together. Uh, a little update there. So 
if you would like to know anything more about that, then you know my leadership style and transparency and openness and willingness to sit down and have a conversation. Because I fully realise um, that I get, I get to be in this privileged position of managing expectations on both sides of people, that some people who really wanted the stage to move and now it's not going to, all the way through to some people who are not sure um, if spending any money on the auditorium is the right thing to do. And I get to sit in this blessed position of, um, of being in, in the middle of that lovely conversation. And I'm willing to have that conversation, all jokes aside, with any of you because uh, I'm really settled in where we've landed on that. And we've landed on that as a church a community and we've landed on that together. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really cool thing. So that's the auditorium. I want to give you a little update on the God-sized dream. Um, back in 2020, we went through a process as a church uh, looking at our strategic plan. We called it the God-sized dream. What will Clovey look like in 2030? So if you've joined us from 2020 to now, you might not have seen this slide, but I'm going to put a slide up, which is our strategy on the page. And this is a really important slide for us because pretty much our vision, mission, our values and, and our, and our um, kind of purpose as a church and, and our activities, the things that we engage in, sort of go through this grid of these five vision priorities. Uh, we're looking at how do we be a people who reach, that introduce people to Jesus, or how do we be a people that grow, that we go deeper with Jesus? How do we be a people who multiply, developing, raising uh, leaders? How do we expand one church, many gatherings? And how do we be a church that innovates, that in all that we do, we have a dare? We have a dare to dream into what God has for us into the future. So just a little update on this. Uh, in terms of reach, introducing people to Jesus, in 2022, 28 people have put their trust in Jesus for the first time, which is just a wonderful thing. Can we just thank God for that? Let's just thank God for new life that we've been singing about and worshipping to God today about people uh, and our families coming to know Jesus. 28 people across the life of our church and all different ministries have come to know Jesus this year, which is great. Uh, just uh, uh, last week, we had the gingerbread night. 130 women that gathered made gingerbread uh, and, uh, and were in great and wonderful community. Someone in our church gave a gospel message. But do you know what was wonderful? 80 of those women were from the, from the community. It's just awesome. So I can speak to you as our church family and to the women who have caught the missional intent of this night. It's a night to invite your friends who don't know Jesus to actually be involved in community and fellowship and connection and also hear a life-giving message. It's just wonderful. So I want to say thank you so much to that. And Pastor Anne's doing a great job there. And this year we've run Alpha both in person and online. I jumped online. Uh, just this week uh, to talk to the participants online and it was wonderful to be in that Zoom room and see people who are wrestling and exploring faith and wanting to know more about Jesus. And, um, and Pastor Ash asked a question uh, about you know, how people have found Alpha and they said, oh, a number of people said, oh, it's eye-opening. You know, there's some things I just didn't know about Jesus and I'm learning and it's a wonderful thing that as a church we can help uh, be in that, in that zone. Uh, this year we've given over 150 Bibles away just giving them free to people who are exploring faith, people wanting to know more about Jesus. Uh, Sean spoke about that last week, and as, pe as some people were leaving last week, and one person grabbed a Bible and said, I know exactly who this is for. And they went and they were giving a Bible to someone in their world. It's excellent. If you've got someone in your world that you want to give the Word of God to, even better, sit down and say, do you want to read this together and explore it? Then grab a Bible. They are free. We want to put the Word of God into the hands of people who are wanting to explore faith. And this year, we've been able to fund an education trainer in Kapil Vastu for one year. 
Nine new children have been sponsored in Nepal through our relationship with Baptist World Aid. That equals now about 21 uh, young people being sponsored. Uh, over $17,000 was raised to free 11 people from slavery through our investment and our partnership with IJM. This is all around introducing people to Jesus, which is a wonderful thing. In terms of grow, going deeper with Jesus, we've had nine people that have gone through the waters of baptism this year, going public with their faith. We have uh, regular worship experiences. I love that on our Sunday experiences, we've become intergenerational. I don't know if you've looked around lately, but the demographics and, and, and how we worship together on a Sunday as one family is shifting and changing in a really, really good way because this is what it looks like to be in the kingdom of God and to be in God's family. But then we have pockets of people and groups worshipping at different times. Our young adults worship on a Wednesday fortnight. Our youth are worshipping on a Friday. Uh, just a, a little while ago, Pastor Nathan McDuff went into the Lutheran homes and ran a communion service for those in our Lutheran homes in Hope Valley who are not able to be back in physical gatherings anymore and are part of our online community. We have nursing home services. We run two of those in nursing homes in the local area. We give people the opportunity to go deeper with Jesus. We participated in our annual church-wide prayer and fasting. And this year, we offered a number of discipleship courses around our theme, Restore. And Lee and Kathy Harkmeester have led out in this ministry called Restore. From things like Valiant Man through to marriage alpha, grief course, divorce care, shape, accessible prophecy. We're just wanting to put our courses in front of people so that you can grow, you can go deeper in your relationship with Jesus. And that leads into the next vision priority of multiply, where we're given opportunities uh, to uh, raise and release leaders. And Chris Partington's come on in that role as director of leadership, and she's going to next year be piloting out some initiatives uh, in a range of different areas for us to be raised and released as leaders into God's purposes for us in this world, which is really exciting. So watch that space there. In terms of expand, Clovey Online's continue to grow. There's about 130 to 150 part of our online community and we're looking at what does it mean to be in groups? What does it mean to be discipled? What does it mean to be continuing to do mission? Uh, Clovey uh, Online Kids has been launched where we've been engaged in digital mission with families uh, across Australia and beyond. Uh, all these wonderful initiatives that are in the life of the church as we move from just this space into all the things that God has for us. And Clovey Gawler is coming online uh, for us, and I'll talk more about that uh, in a little while as well, but that's an exciting initiative for us as we are one church and many gatherings. And in terms of innovating, having a dare to dream, I just mentioned Clovey Online Kids, but Coach as well. Uh, Coach is a ministry where we walk alongside people our young people and families, and we walk alongside them by giving them an hour a week to be a friend with purpose, to help people walk uh, towards goals that they have in their lives, but also introducing them to Jesus. And we've moved from kids coach into family coach, and we'll be moving further into financial coach next year as we continue to look for alignment between Pathway and Clovey and Quench and our ministries into the local area and beyond. So God's up to quite a bit in and through the life of Clovey. I wonder if we could just take a moment to thank him. Let's just thank God, because it's his work, isn't it? And I hope this stirs something in you as well. I hope it stirs something in you that you're part of a church family that is seeking to participate in the mission of God. 
We don't want to sit on the sidelines and just watch what's happening. We want to be in the game. We want, we want to be in it. We want to be participating. We want to know what it feels like to participate with God and what he is doing in and through this world. But the other reality of 2022, and I've been really honest with us all about this over the years, actually the tension in this year is it's been a really challenging year as well. It's been quite a challenging year uh, in the life of the church. COVID kind of came when we opened the borders at the end of last year, so a number of people have been sick. If you haven't had COVID yet, you're probably in the minority, whereas last year, if I was standing here and asking that question, you were probably in the majority. Not many of us had it at all. So people have got sick, and it's just not COVID. It's just the other bugs that were lurking around that just no one seemed to get because we weren't moving about very much the last couple of years. So there's been extra sickness around the place. The cost of living and, and some of the perfect storm of the economic situation that we find ourselves in, probably no one really saw coming. There's a lot of global uncertainty at the moment. Uh, there's a war in Ukraine. There's a bunch of things that are happening around the life of the church as well that have been difficult just in terms of people, some people not feeling um, free to move around or to participate in things. So there's been some many challenges around volunteering and teams and you could even see today we didn't have someone on keys. So if you're a keyboard player and you want to serve in the life of the church, go see Pastor Luke. Because sometimes you just think, oh, it all just happens. It's all no worries. It's all great. But actually, there's a lot of challenges that happen under the surface, and sometimes you just see up the top, but you don't see the duck feet moving under the, world, under the surface of the water, right? And it's important that we understand that there are some challenges as well. And as I've been thinking and praying about our theme for the year, which is restore, and, and we've kind of tried really hard to stay on message this year around our theme, and what does it look like to live under the rule and the reign of Jesus I've been praying for us as a church community as we finish this year and we move into this next year. And I really feel like God has given me a word for us in all the challenge and in all the joy. And in the midst of all this, I really believe that he wants to say to us not to worry, but to seek Jesus. Don't worry, seek Jesus. And some of you are thinking, don't worry, be happy. Some people of a certain vintage... Maybe when the West Indies were here 20 years ago (laughs) playing cricket. But don't worry, seek Jesus. I believe that that's the word of the Lord for us today. So if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew 6. Let's explore this some more because Matthew 5 to Matthew 7, Jesus is giving his famous Sermon on the Mount. Essentially what he's trying to do is he's trying to explain to his followers what does it look like to live in the kingdom of God. That's essentially what he's trying to bring across. You know, Dallas Willard in his book, The Divine Conspiracy, he says, you know, sometimes we can have this gospel of sin management. We try and look for the loopholes or we look for the the things that just, you know, kind of line us up in the right way. But actually Jesus is getting to the heart of what it means to be a follower of his And he's teaching his people back in the first century and us today to what Dallas Willard would say, what it means to live the good life, the good life, and and what it means to participate in the kingdom of God. So Jesus has been teaching already on giving to the needy, prayer and fasting, how we should have a goal to store up treasures in heaven and not on this earth. And then he gets around to this conversation of worry. 
And he says this, verses 24 to 27. He says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? You know, the truth is uh, what we are devoted to is what we will worry about. That's the reality. That's just the reality. What, what it is that we devote ourselves to, that's going to be the thing that we worry about. So if you're devoted in your life to fitting in, you need to be in the right cliques, the right circles, the right places, then you're going to worry about what people think of you. That's just the reality. If you're devoted to having a partner, you're going to worry about your relationship status. If you're devoted to being wealthy, well, you're going to be worrying about your stocks and your bank balance. And if you are devoted to pleasing God with your life, then you're going to be worrying about what he thinks about you. And in verse 24, Jesus is getting quite specific here. He says that we need to make some choices about our devotion and also our worry. We can't serve both God and money. And the Greek word for money here is mammon. And it actually uh, literally gets translated to mean stuffs with an S on the end. What Jesus is saying here is he, he's saying, well, you've got to work out what's more important in your life. Is it following God with your life or is it the stuff that you have in your life? Because you'll know what's more important because you worry about that more. You worry about that more. So living a restored life under Jesus' rule and under Jesus' reign means choosing not to worry about the stuff in our lives. You're thinking, Mike, that's a really easy thing for you to say. But it's not to worry about the future or our health or wealth or the next zero birthday that's coming along on the horizon. And this is not a fatalistic statement. Jesus is saying, don't care. He's saying you've got to care about these things, but don't, but don't let your worry and the emotion of that overcome you. So do your best in school. If you're a year 12 and just finished your exams, I hope you did your best. Do your best at work with the relationships that Pastor Dubsey was just praying into that maybe we need healing, restoration, freedom and hope. Do your best with all that you can do. But don't let the emotion and the worry overcome you in that. And sometimes we need to find some perspective in that. And sometimes we need to see things in a way that God sees it. Sometimes we, we're so in it, we can't zoom out and see it how God sees it. And sometimes a conversation like this today just gives us the ability to step back and say, God, how do I need to see things how you see them? I feel like maybe I'm too in it. I'm, I'm too deep. It's sort of like you're walking you know, through, you know, uh, you know, a walk in maybe through a jungle or, a, you know, local, even up Anstey's Hill. You're in it, you don't know where you are and you've got to pop out and see it from a different perspective. Sometimes we need to zoom out and see things from 
God's perspective in our world. And having this kingdom perspective is really important to us because God is a God who's at work in our lives. He's at work in our lives. He's at work in our church. We were just speaking about that around the God-sized dream. God is deeply concerned with your well-being. You need to know that. And the impact that you have for God and his kingdom is something that he is deeply concerned about. He's interested in that in your life. And we need to sometimes take a step back so we can see things from his perspective. Verse 26, Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? God loves you. God cares for you. You are important to him. And it's very, very important that you understand that. So to live restored lives, we need to live with a level of uncertainty, embrace that tension, yes, but not let worry overcome us and have a peace to know that God is God, that He's sovereign over all things. He has our best interests at heart and we need to trust Him. So to live restored lives means don't worry. Don't worry. But it also is more than that. It's to seek Jesus. Don't worry, but seek Jesus. Later on in Matthew 6, Jesus says this, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So restored living is not worrying, but also actively seeking after Jesus, seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. To seek God's kingdom is to ask for more of his activity and more of his will and more of his ways into your life. More of his restoration, his forgiveness, more peace, healing and love and asking God for more of that to be part of who you are. And then to seek his righteousness is really living in the overflow of seeking his kingdom. Uh, this word righteousness means to be right with God and to be right with others. That's what it means to uh, experience God's righteousness. So if we ask, if we seek his kingdom, more of his will and more of his ways in our world. And we seek to be in right relationship with God and right relationship with others. That's what it looks like here to be a people who seek God's kingdom and seek his righteousness. And what does Jesus say? He says, and all these things will be given to us as well. So I wonder if you could just look back over the last few days or maybe even look back over the last week or if you've got the capacity and the bandwidth, push yourself back over the last month or year. How have you actively sought after God's kingdom and his righteousness in your world? Just take a moment to consider that now before God. How have you actively seek to be someone who doesn't worry about the things in life, but pursuing after God and his kingdom and his righteousness? And when I think about this in terms of where we're placed uh, as a church, there's uh, really two applications for us that I want us to wrestle with in community as we go into next year. 
And the first one is Clovie Gawler. Uh, Clovie Gawler has been a, a beautiful story of God uh, bringing Gawler to us at a time where we were going through this God-sized dreaming process. And it's just been amazing over these last 12 months as the leadership of Gawler Baptist Church and Clovie has come together and we've really dreamed about a partnership and a future together. And Gawler's, uh, as an organisation, will actually dissolve and merge into Clovercrest. So it's actually quite a different uh, church planning initiative than what we were involved with with Andrew's Farm. Andrew's Farm, we were in a collective of churches and there was a pastor that was pastoring that church and we sent uh, some people and some finances, but they were going to be their own church. And Andrew's Farm Community Church is its own church. It has its own elders and its own leadership. Clovey was absolutely privileged and blessed to help get it started, uh, but it's its own church within the Baptist family. Uh, Gawler Baptist Church is going to be dissolving as an organisation and becoming in under uh, Clovey as we revitalise it, as we love it, as we care for it, and God willing, into the future, it will be released back into the Baptist family of churches, which is consistent with our ecclesiology or our approach to church in the Baptist movement. But at first, it will come into us. And as it comes into us, um, we will take over the governance and the leadership and the financial responsibility of uh, Clovey Gawler. And it's been wonderful as the Lord's opened up provision for us to be able to fund Gawler. We've received two grants. And for the first three years of Gawler's life, it will have $300,000 to actually get itself started, which is a huge provision from God. And then the offerings that Gawler bring in as well offset Gawler for the first three years to get itself going. Jason Lippert will become the campus pastor and he will report into me as the lead pastor. And then we'll have our campus out at Gawler that uh, we'll be looking to love and serve and bless, just like we have been with our online campus. So it's really important that we understand how that works. But part of this is asking the Lord around, uh, who is it that he's uh, wanting to send out to Gawler at, in terms of a pioneer team? And we've been um, you know, talking about uh, this over the last 12 months, but now it's actually getting a bit serious. Uh, we'll be looking for, at the start of next year, when Jason starts, 30 to 50 people who'd be, looking at, who'd be willing to actually go and be part of Clovey Gawler, uh, part of the pioneer team. Because we'll be looking to build a local leadership team there, a blended team between who's at Gawler and who's at Mobbury, and coming together with what God has for us out at Gawler. And it's really exciting with what he's doing in all of that. We've already had one couple that have start, from Mobbury that have started worshipping out at Gawler. I know there's another couple that are really excited because they live out that way and are keen uh, to be part of that initiative as well. And it might be that God is stirring your heart to be uh, involved in this missional initiative, which is part of Clovey. It's part of our big family. Uh, but it's another expression of participating with the kingdom of God out in that way. So I bring that before you as something to pray about because next year we'll be speaking more about this into the future. So that's one area for us not to worry, but for us to seek Jesus. And the second area is around our budget for next year. We've been talking uh, over the last few weeks, trying to normalise a conversation around our finances and and I spoke to the members on Monday 
And we, in our members meeting, that, and our, our budget for next year was um, approved by our members for a 4% uh, increase on this year's. And the 4% is made up of 3% of wages, which, by the way, we didn't actually make the full recommendation from the Baptist churches, but we're doing what we can. And then 1% uh, onto our loan as well. So that's the 4% uh, of, our, uh, of our budget uh, increase. And that could be a source of worry, because only a month ago I came to you and said, we're such an extremely generous church, but we're just not making it each month with our monthly giving. Now, I'm really pleased to let you know that uh, um, Roger, our finance manager, just told me uh, late last week that in November our giving was at $90,000 at a budget of $97,000. So we have had a lift in this last three weeks since I spoke uh, to you about that. So I want to say thank you so much for that. And for those that are praying into that or making changes uh, in terms of their own financial discipleship, I'll leave that between you and the Lord. But I feel like we need to all be on the same page with that. So next year, it could be a source of, of worry for us, but we need to seek God and say, God, if the economy is getting tighter, well, we're going to be um, prioritising the things that you ask us to. And I encourage you to pray into that. That would be a people who don't worry, but we're people who seek Jesus. Now, if you weren't at a members meeting or you're interested in knowing more about uh, the budget for next year, and I would encourage you to because I really, really value engaged uh, members and attenders, then you can go to our website, clovey.com.au forward slash news, and uh, there'll be a note from me there. We'll send an email out this afternoon. Uh, but if you just prefer the hard copy because, you know, you can just write on it, then if you're in the room, you can grab something on the way out if you want to know more about next year's budget. But it's really important that we are engaged Engaged in the things of God, and we, from a financial discipleship, understand that as well. So, as we build habits of not worrying but seeking Jesus, ultimately this leads to freedom because our worry actually turns to trust, and our trust grows into freedom. And as we cultivate practices and a lifestyle of experiencing God and pursuing His restoration in our lives, we then get to see life from His perspective. And we can trust Him and live into this. I love, the, I love what Pastor Rick Warren says. And we'll close with this. He says, The more you pray, the less you panic. The more you worship, the less you worry. You'll feel more patient and less pressured. I want us to respond to the Lord in communion. So if you've got the elements there, if you could just find them. If you need them, then you can just pop your hand up and one of the team will get them into your hands. If you're online, you just need to prepare yourself for that. But I just want to give us a moment of reflection before the Lord. Really believe the word of the Lord for us today. Yeah, if you need some communion, just pop your hand up nice and high. Let one of the team come and serve you online, just prepare yourself. But I believe the word of the Lord for us today is not to worry, but to seek Jesus, to keep orientating ourselves from a kingdom perspective. We live in God's economy. Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? In verse 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. 
and all these things will be given to you as well. Is there worry in your life today that you need to give to the Lord? If there is, just give that to Him now. Just while you're holding these elements, reflecting on His body and His blood poured out for you. If there's worry in your life, I encourage you to do business with the living God now. And how is it that he's asking you to seek him? How is it that he's asking you to seek him? To trust him and to live into the freedom that he has for your life. So the Lord, I just believe the Lord wants to give a scripture to some today might be something that you might just think is a coincidence but the Lord's dropping a scripture into your mind or into your heart it's from him receive that let's eat and drink together Lord we want to thank you for your love for all humanity. We thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. We thank you for the life that we have in you. And Lord, as we turn the page from 2022 into 2023, Lord, I pray that we'll be a people who don't worry, but we'll be a people who seek Jesus. I pray that we will have eyes to see all the wonderful things you're doing in and through the life of the church. And Lord, we'll have the courage to step into the areas in which you're asking us to participate. And Lord, whether that's Clovey Gawler and pioneering on an adventure of faith, Lord, whether that's still wrestling with financial discipleship, or whether it's participating in one of the initiatives in the life of the church that introduces people to you or takes people deeper, Lord, we thank you that you're at work and that you're a God who can be trusted. So grow us, Lord, to be a people not of worry, but to be a people of faith and hope, a people who seek Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord, and we bless your name today. And God's people said, amen. Amen.